The Elk Talk podcast is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. To become a member, go to rmef.org. Welcome to the Elk Talk podcast with Randy Newberg and Corey Jacobson, presented by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. The goal is what little you and I know about elk hunting, we share with people. I've got an elk building that's like 120 yards away. What do I do? First off, the thought would never cross my mind when an elk's being 120 yards away to call anybody on a cell phone. <laughs> All elk. All the time. Only elk. Only elk. Well, it's us having conversations. So we usually go down some rabbit holes. But if you hunt with Corey Jacobson, you will find the landscape is full of rabbit holes. We're just going to make this up as we go. And you look at it like, oh, that's a target-rich environment. But if you're trying to single one out, a solo target there is much easier to go into than a a big group. We record everything, so there's no BS and no lying, no faking it with us. (laughs) Did we hit the record button? I forgot to hit the record (laughs) button. If you want to know something about elk hunting, this probably isn't the podcast to listen to. <laughs> Should we give them a list of all the other podcasts wow. where they might learn something? Hey, Corey, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. Could you uh, could you wave to me in the video again? How's that, huh? <laughs> I thought I caught a, a glimpse of what the listeners can't see there. It's a great big yeah. white cast on your right yeah. arm. I look like a seal. I saw you adjusting your headset with it and it looked quite comical. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm down to three fingers on my right hand, which, uh, I'm I'm kind of in a bad way. I just got back from the physical terrorist. Isn't that what they call (laughs) PT physical terrorism? Yeah. Uh, no, really nice folks. Uh, Christian, who is, uh, Former CPA client, back when I was still doing that, <clears throat> also a physical therapist and a fanatic hunter. Ah. I said, I want to go see that guy. And, uh, and and after going and seeing that guy, you probably said, I don't want to go back and see that guy. Well, I'm thinking I might be selling my bow. Really? Yeah. He told me, don't, don't get your hopes too far up for archery season this year. What? I know. He said, but. That's not, that's not a very encouraging just, guy. No. He said, I'll help you, though, because he, he archery hunts a lot. He's like, you know, we got to wait at least three months before we can start doing anything with that. Because if in the when I went into my post-op visit, uh, the orthopedic guy said, hey, don't screw this up. We were able to fix it the first time, but as bad as all that tissue is, I don't know that I can fix it a second time. So, yeah. But did you like the picture of that scar I sent you? That is nasty. It looks like yeah. a shark bite, doesn't it? It's uh, the picture you sent me when you first cut it with the blood and everything on it. It looked like a pretty nasty cut. Seeing the stitches and the scar from that, you've uh, that's, that's a long <laughs> cut. That goes almost from your elbow to your wrist. Yep. <clears throat> Probably. That's I crazy. Eight inches or so? Yeah. yeah. Well, at least, well, yeah. 
hey, you know, the world doesn't feel sorry for me. They're like, Newber, you don't even have a job. What are you worried about? <laughs> Part of your job is is bow hunting, isn't it? It's supposed to be, but yeah. I don't know. I I got a spring bear hunt in Alaska scheduled for late May. The surgeon, his PA, and the physical therapy group all kind of tried not to laugh out loud in front of me when I told them I was going to learn how to shoot left-handed. I'm going to put a pirate patch over my right eye, and I'm going to spend time learning how to shoot my rifle left-handed. Well, that pirate patch over your right eye will complete the look there. I mean, you've got the hook on the right <laughs> hand. <laughs> Can't see any fingers uh, there, so yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So how are things going on Destination Out, Corey? They're going really good. We, uh, we've got one more, our final episode that we are in that episode. We announce all the winners for all the episode giveaways. And uh, we've got to wait until the last episode launches. So John's coming up Thursday and we're going to film uh, drawing all of those winners randomly and put that into uh, episode 17, which launches on the 14th of March. And then we're done. 14th of March. Yeah. Oh, dang. I don't think this will hit until... What's today? I don't think this will hit <laughs> until the 20th of March or something Well, like they, it's on YouTube, so it lives there forever. Well, so they can yeah, always so go back. If and, they're sleeping at the switch, you yeah. know, hopefully they'll go on and check it out. But yeah. Plus, we have the Outfitters for Hope Hunt that we're planning on launching on the 21st. So... Yeah, I got to watch that one when I'm all alone. Yeah. I kind of got to get out of like a little Kleenex tissue and keep the corners of my eyes from getting too damp. Yep. This year was one of the best ones. I mean, they're all phenomenal. It's hard to compare them because they're all completely different and different kiddos. But it was, uh, we've never, I don't think we've had as much of a challenge um, physically as we did this year. Yeah. But you were successful. We were, it was, That's uh, amazing. yeah, I don't want to give away too many details, but <laughs> when you watch the film, you'll just shake your head and be like, wow, uh, things, uh, things so cool just sometimes work that. out. Oh man. So, uh, Saturday I did a seminar at the Sitka Depot here in Bozeman about, Tag applications. <laughs> hold on, hold on. What? Saturday as in less than 24 hours after you had surgery on your wrist. You know, a guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. You well, know, and you I'm guessing up, you were uh, heavily medicated. Nah. nah. <laughs> I don't do that oxy stuff. <laughs> but uh, at least when you walk around with this seal flipper people don't try to shake your hand <laughs> that is true accomplishes so, two things one didn't get sick when they shake yeah <laughs> when you, you <laughs> shake hands you got a higher tendency of picking up some sort of hoo-boo or something and it hurts when someone hits this hand so yeah but uh no we, we had a great time uh got to talk about deadlines and everything else and it got me thinking that in the next three weeks we've got New Mexico on March 22nd. We have Montana 
on April 1st, which it should be on April Fool's Day, <laughs> the, the way the Montana system is put together. And then we got Colorado on April 4th. So those are three really big elk states where a lot of people apply. Yeah. So, and I try to give everyone at least one little nugget about each state that I usually try to keep those to myself. And Marcus, he was like, you sure you want to do that? I'm like, oh, you know, little pain med here, little pain med there, you know, happy days for everybody. <laughs> we raffled off so much stuff, I don't know if they had any inventory left at the depot by the time we were all done. I don't know Excellent. where they got all that stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully they have it replenished. They're trying to get me there. Uh, in July or August to do a little seminar. So really, that'll give well, them some I'll time to replenish. I'll, I'll cook burgers or something. Well, but you could auction off pizza for four with Randy Newber. Oh man, hippie pizza from Portland. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it flown in here from Portland. <laughs> oh yeah. So, are you applying in New Mexico or Montana or Colorado this year? I don't think so. I haven't mm. fully made up my mind yet. Montana is probably a, a definite no. Okay. But I need I to sooner than later. I've got a lot of points there, a lot of uh, bonus points. So you and I need to talk about yeah. where I need to be Can, looking. Now that they have shuffled all the units, yeah. there's some better archery hunts now than there was when they were all under that one big 900 bundle oh uh, yeah yeah but i'm not gonna so tell I'm... you what you told everybody not at on the live podcast i'm not well, gonna tell you. No. okay good but you'll still tell me <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. i thought you were saying you weren't gonna tell me like you weren't gonna tell me Tom. Uh, well no i'm not gonna tell you right now That's until good. you decide if you're gonna apply yeah so so uh montana i've got i've got quite a few points there uh colorado i spent all my elk points last mm, year that's right yeah. so i don't think i'll be uh applying there and i've got a bunch of deer points but i uh you know i applied and drew that deer tag was it last year you know the year before last year and then ended up turning the tag back in just had too much going on and i finally mm. realized it's it's unfair to apply for that tag you know with now I have whatever eighteen, nineteen points, um, but it's it's hard to do that when I'm still coaching basketball. So I think I've got to wait till I quit coaching basketball to burn those points because it falls right at the beginning of basketball season, and me being gone for eight or ten days right at the beginning mm -hmm. of the season just isn't uh, isn't yeah. a good fit. So probably well, won't do anything in Colorado, um, and then uh, New Mexico. Are you going to play anywhere this year? That well, I've got to figure something out. Yeah, New Mexico is probably the most likely of the three, but okay, we'll see. Well, I'm you, you see me keep peeking at my phone. Yeah, today was the deadline to update your credit card in Arizona, uh -huh. and I think you have I don't know if it's five o'clock or midnight or whatever, but once they close the credit cards, they start hitting credit cards right away. <laughs> well, you think about it. The longer they would wait before they start hitting credit cards, the greater the likelihood that some fraud happens to some poor dude who just 
updated his credit card at three o'clock and at eight o'clock somebody you know the dude from belarus or wherever (laughs) you know maxed out his credit card for a trip to the i don't know antarctica or something (laughs) so then his credit card wouldn't work and he wouldn't get his arizona out tag they'd have to give it to me that would be unfortunate wouldn't it yeah but i don't think i should be glancing at my phone too much because my odds of drawing are they're above zero but I don't think they're that far. Above not zero. much. <laughs> no. So, but I'm not sure if I'm going to apply in New Mexico. Um, it's a long drive. Uh, and it's just really disruptive. That much to travel that far from Montana. You know, it's at least two days to get out in the bush where you and I hunted that one time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I need a chauffeur or something. I don't. I don't know. I need a driver. <laughs> that is the way like, to do it. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, with like a lot of the Arizona units and New Mexico, it's a stretch. I mean, we talk about guys coming from back east to Colorado to hunt. It's yeah. uh, it's not a whole lot different going from Montana, northern Idaho down to New Mexico. Yeah. And when that's trip number seven of the season and you're already sucking air, I mean, you're on a caffeine buzz all the days just to try to stay awake. Then you got to drive for, you know, 18 hours. Mm -mm. It's like, I don't know. So, but I got to make up my mind pretty soon. And then here's the little tidbit tidbit I'm going to leave everybody with in New Mexico. If there are not at least 13 tags for that hunt code, don't apply. <laughs> don't apply. And here's why. <clears throat> don't apply. Here's why. I didn't get a t-shirt like that. Uh, <laughs> so they have this rounding thing in New Mexico, right? We get 6% of the tags. Well, you would think, well, if there were 10 tags, 6% of that is 0.6. And they'd round it up to 1%. No, they don't round it up unless you get above 0.75. So anything so below 0.75. rounding scale. Yeah, it's it's the New Mexico math. Yeah. You know, because typically the way schools. that math is taught in public schools is if you're above <laughs> 0.45, you can round up because 0.45 rounds up to 0.5 and 0.5 rounds up. So it's, uh, what? they're definitely... Uh, they're very conservative. Go put it in reverse, man. Yeah. So if you kind of back into that math, 13 tags times 0.06 gets to 0.78. So you get right over that three quarter of a percent or three quarter of a tag, whatever you yeah. want to call it. And they will round it up to one. <laughs> the number of people who apply every year and waste one of their choices on a hunt code that doesn't have more than 10 tags is astounding. Really? Maybe I shouldn't have enlightened them. Well, let them keep doing it. That's right. It helps us. Yeah. That's like going and saying, can I buy a lottery ticket for last week's lottery? I know someone already won it, but you know, <laughs> I know I the numbers. Like, yeah, I know the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so that's my tidbit for New Mexico. Excellent. That work. And what's what's the deadline in New Mexico? March twenty second. Twenty second. 
Yeah. And they turn it around really quick. That's yeah. the good part about New Mexico. Uh, they turn it around really quick, but they don't give you your refund for, I don't know, how long? It doesn't hit my credit. Well, I always get a refund and it never hits my credit card for about two transaction cycles. But, you know, I think for them to turn the results around so quickly, I'm willing to let them hold on to my money a little bit longer. It's places like Wyoming that hold your money and your results all summer that, yeah, that's where it's like, hey, give me one or the other back here. You don't need both. (laughs) You know, I've always been a big fan of Wyoming because they've given us 16% of the non or the the limited entry quota went to non-residents, sixteen percent of the out tags. And on top of that, statutorily they had to give seventy two hundred and fifty non-resident out tags. So they did this math that, okay, the difference between what the sixteen percent of limited entry tags was and what the seventy two fifty is, they would always give out in general tags. I I've always appreciated how generous Wyoming was in that respect, even if they wouldn't let us hunt wilderness areas without a, a guide. But last week, the governor signed the bill that at least if you apply in the special draw, so the bill that was just signed didn't affect the price in the regular draw, the lower price draw, which I can't remember what that one is. I think that's like six or 700 bucks. Yeah, I want to say seven, 707, maybe something like okay. that. Okay. Well, now in the special draw starting in 2024, it's going to be 1900 and some dollars, just under $2,000 for a Wyoming elk tag in the special draw. Wow. Well, well the good news is, is the, uh, the people who decide to pony up that money will have really good draw odds. Those of us yeah, in uh, true, the regular right? draw are going to suffer the effects of everyone that's been in the special draw bailing out of it and go into the regular draw. The regular, yeah. And I guess I've always just had this discomfort with Wyoming's system of why should 40% of the people get better draw odds because they're willing to pay more? Yeah. And some would say, well, that's America. <laughs> it just <laughs> There's something about when it comes to a public resource, right? I just struggle with this two-tiered system based on yeah. who can afford to pay. Yeah, what's next? I mean, you look at you look at Europe, England, you know, only the royalty get to hunt in some of those places, only the very wealthiest and uh I mean, that's the trajectory that that we're pointing yeah. toward is hey, if you've got enough money, here's a pile of tags for you. If you don't go yeah. uh, go dine with the peasants and apply with them and we'll pick a few of you to go and hunt. Yeah. I, I was listening to some of the testimony on that bill and this seems like rationalization in my mind, <laughs> but some of the, I think it was an outfitter said, well, by having this pool of really expensive tags, it subsidizes the lower price tag. So we don't have to raise those at all. Ah, And I'm like, are you sure that you don't want these higher price tags just because your clients can probably afford it? I mean, you know, as a CPA, professional skepticism is part of what's ingrained (laughs) in us. So when I heard that, 
my wife has this little buzzer on our table that says it doesn't say BS. It says the full thing of BS. And when I say something that she doesn't believe, she'll hit the BS button and it goes. <laughs> I wish I had the BS button when that guy was saying that. I'm like, yeah, no right. No kidding. Yeah. If he had any more concern for the peasants, he, you know, as uh, my uncle Larry would say, if he was any kinder, he'd dive enlargement of the heart. <laughs> so this is so, this podcast, folks, is a primer about applications, I would say, and things yeah. that are changing, things you can do, things you should be planning on, um, because we want everyone to go elk hunting. So, yep. I think the the COVID bump is ever gonna fall I don't off. Know. I don't know. That's uh, you know and. You and I, I think, have uh, been blamed for having a hand in that COVID bump that we're telling everybody to go hunting and we're to blame yeah. for that. We we certainly didn't start the pandemic or anything, um, but we're seeing... I thought you, you know, let the, it out of that lab there in Donnelly, Idaho. That's right. Yeah, it's not the Wuhan or Wuhan or whatever <laughs> virus anymore. It's the central Idaho virus, I'm sure, but... You know, we, we saw a lot of people had a lot of time and a lot of people took to the outdoors and, yeah, and beyond they, that, they got a lot of extra money. Yeah. Beyond that, everyone realized they don't like living in some of these states that aren't very yeah. uh, friendly to hunting. And so yeah. a lot of them have migrated into states like Montana and Wyoming and Idaho. And that is putting a definite strain on a resource and yep. we're gonna see states start to protect their residents which is what we're seeing in in wyoming you know yep. already you know whether they're protecting their outfitters or the the residents you know it could be argued either way but non-residents can't hunt in the wilderness now yep. for the special tag that you know for non-residents it's going to be almost two thousand dollars uh, they just put a, there's a new bill there that non-residents have to wait until seven days after the start of a shed hunting season in Wyoming to be able to go shed hunting there. So, you know, you look at the, the Jackson antler race and it starts <laughs> now on, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's what they call it. It's, it's what it is. You know, the antlers are on the hillside and you just race and try to be the first one to pick it and up. And you're but, referring to kind of like the, the shotgun start at the National Elk Refuge outside of Jackson, Wyoming, when they let people out to go grab shed antlers. Yep. So on Forest Service land there, it's uh, you aren't able to even go on Forest Service land uh, in a lot of the state until May 1st. And so it keeps people out from harassing wildlife while they're you know in critical winter grounds, which I'm 100% yep. for that. And so they open it up and it's kind of a big big deal you know it's a fun fun activity i wouldn't say that anybody gets rich although last year i did see quite a few people that did really really well on that national forest behind the refuge um so anyway you know it's always been you can come there's people i've seen people there from florida from virginia you know that come out drive out to go on that shed antler race and it used to open at midnight now they've changed it to six o'clock so you at least get a little bit of daylight to keep you from yeah. running into a grizzly bear but they uh <laughs> no, you know everybody goes at once the Provence river the snake exactly river. Yeah. yeah so there's a bill that's been introduced now that effective july 1st would make it illegal for non-residents to shed hunt 
until seven days after the opening of the shed season. Hmm. So that means for something like the Jackson Hole Great Antler Race, everybody goes up there and cleans that place out in a matter of about four and a half hours on the first day. (laughs) So non-residents wouldn't get to participate in that. But the sad part is, is the non or the residents of Wyoming, they also have that restriction. They can't pick up antlers until May 1st. So what do they do? Starting March 15th, they start driving to Montana and Idaho. So they shed hunt there for six weeks. And then once their season opens, they go up there and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. I think they might be forgetting that they're non-residents in a lot of the states they like to go and shed hunt in. And we're mm-hmm. just uh, on a spiraling path to uh, protect resident rights, which, like I said, I'm all for it. But I yeah. think uh, we don't want to get too greedy. We want to share our resources as long as they're available to share. Yeah. The, the other bill that had been kicked around in this task force in Wyoming was how I explained 16% of the limited entry tags go to non-residents. That bill would change it to 10%. Yeah. That hasn't passed yet or anything. I don't even think it's been introduced, but like I said in a video <laughs> I published on my YouTube channel in December, when states start talking about this stuff, Pay attention because it's going to happen. So this big fee increase that happened, they started talking about that in June of 2021. And so in the 2022 application season, I'm telling people, hey, be paying attention. And everybody on our crew, we were burning Wyoming points. It's like, even if they don't pass it, oh, well, never been a better time to go hunting than today. (laughs) So we burned as many of our points as we could. And then this year, in December, I do another video. Hey, folks, Wyoming and Colorado is talking about this stuff. Now everybody's blaming me for Wyoming raising the special fees. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it enough, it happened. Yeah, evidently. Uh, oh, well. It is what it is. But yep. New Mexico, Wyoming, Montana. April 1st. April Fool's Day. Montana's deadline for non-residents. And uh, as I was getting ready to do my presentation uh, for Saturday. Now, hold on. Hold I had on. to go Before and we get into this. Camera. What? April 1st is on a Saturday. Oh, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's is what the it said April the 1st deadline, I was going to say, is the April 1st deadline an April Fool's joke? I don't know. You better go look it up. I might have given yeah. everyone the wrong day. That's what I'm doing right here. Oh, I'm just gonna, gonna have to give all those people their money back. It was a free seminar. Fortunately, oh, they were mostly from yeah. Montana. So, uh oh, I'm uh, I'm seeing something. I get all these questions about here. Montana applying as a non-resident. I'm like, I don't know. I'm a resident. How how do I know? So I had to do some research on it. A lot of research. Oh my gosh. The more you research it, the more you realize this was something designed by a legislature. Yeah. No, Still April 1st. April 1st. Yeah. You can start well, applying you know on that March is. 1st. Yeah. What's that? Well, no, you can start applying on March 1st, yeah. but the deadline right. is April 1st. Yeah, but you know how everyone is. Not everyone, but a lot of those procrastinators. It'll be April 1st. The system will crash. In the IT department at Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, we'll be out uh, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, and catching trout. 
Yep. And Nobody be, to there'll help. There'll be a big sign on the computer screen. Sorry, we're out fishing. Wow. Should have been here yesterday. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen a state have a deadline on a Saturday. That's a first. Yeah. You know, it's, Montana likes to be the first at a lot of things. That's right. So. <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes the most difficult. Yeah. Well, we are. And this is, so for people listening, Montana, the first hurdle you have to clear is you got to get your general tag before you can apply for the limited entry tags, which I've talked to legislators and tried to get that reversed where let's do the limited entry draw first. No, that's too complicated. Really? Your director says you get 39,000 phone calls the week of the application <laughs> deadline. Could it be any more complicated? But, damn. So, for those of you listening, if you buy this $100 point, so you, you go through this in Montana, right? We use preference points for the general tag, which is the tag you have to draw if you even want in on the limited entry draws. So 75% of our, our uh, non-resident tags, they start at the top. And nobody can accumulate anymore. It's more than three preference points. So they cap you at three. So you've already paid 100 bucks a point to get to three. So they take 75% and they start working their way down the pile. And last year, they ran out of tags in that 75% pool after filling almost everybody who had two points. But they didn't get down into the one-point layer. Then they take the other 25%, and they start at the folks with zero. And they work their way up. And they didn't get through that pool. Only like 70-some percent of them with zero points drew. So if you had a half point in your party or one point as an individual, you were in like this sandwich, this no man's land of, so why would you pay $100 for one point to put yourself in no man's land? Yeah. Do you know of any state where if you got one point in a preference point system, your odds you have lower. worse odds than the person <laughs> with zero points? <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up, Corey. No, but the bad thing is, is so if you want to apply, so they have preference points like what you've been talking about to get yep. you your general combination deer license. or elk or deer and elk license. Yep. In order to apply for a limited entry permit after that, as if this wasn't mm -hmm. limited enough, then they have permits that are right. even you know more restricted. Yep. And they have a bonus point system for that. Oh, so you have to collect separate points for that. Yep. But yeah. you don't even know if you have enough bonus points, you might not draw that general license general to begin point. with. So you don't yep. even get to apply for the special permit. Nope. So you have to apply for and draw that general license first. Yep. Then if you've done that and if you've applied already for that special permit, then and only then do your bonus points get thrown in and your name gets put in the hat to do that. So for me, I don't want to draw a general. I just want to draw a limited entry because I have eight or nine bonus right. points. So that's so my you, goal. Yep. 
if I draw my license, the general license, but then don't draw my limited entry permit, mm-hmm. I don't get the option of getting a full refund on that first license. Oh. It's either you come and hunt on the general tag or we'll keep 170 some dollars of yours yep. and uh, let you try again next year. Yep. Yeah. You only get 80% of it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if you put a bunch of accountants in a room, we couldn't invent something that messed up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) so for those of you listening in the Montana system, oh, and here's the other thing. Last legislative session, we said, uh, not we, on the last day, they attached this little gem to to a bill like a, some bill they knew the governor was going to sign. Yeah. If you applied with an outfitter and didn't draw, you get to buy two preference points. So you get ah. to skip the one point no man's land sandwich. Gotcha. You got to pay 200 bucks instead of a hundred bucks, but you have an opportunity. So by the time to you pay more. your hundred dollar preference point and your $20 bonus point, we're making a pile full of money off you folks. No kidding. Well, not to mention they keep raising the prices. I mean, a general mm-hmm. big game combo, so the deer and elk license is now $1,208. If you want just a general elk license, it's 1018 Oh, So they're, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses next door in Wyoming, it looks like. Yeah, I... Uh... I'm afraid to tell you what I just paid for everything on March 1st when I went in. Oh, I did my moose, goat, sheep application, my deer, my elk, my pronghorn application. I got a bear tag, trapping, waterfowl, fishing, deer tag, elk tag. Even after they charged me all these transaction fees for using their online system, I was into it 173 bucks. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, as a resident, you should have privileges, and it should be a lot less expensive. But, But, come on, there's got to be a a balancing point. It doesn't have to be balanced, but there's got to be a point that's like, okay, we're we're being a little hard on non-residents here. What did you say the elk tag was for non-residents in Montana? Because I pay, I think, 20 bucks. Yeah, it's 1,018. So, 51x what I pay yeah. as a resident. That's got to be the highest that, ratio crazy. of resident to non-resident. Yeah. Well, anyhow, <laughs> folks, if we haven't discouraged you about Montana, the deadline There's is still, April 1st, still Saturday. Time. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I hate to be such a downer on these things, but I want people well, to go in with eyes wide open. Yeah, and I think for us, we we apply in these states, so we're, you know, it's not that we're being a downer, it's we're just as frustrated as others that, you know, we're non-residents in a lot of states, and we're getting the same treatment everybody else is. I mean, I'm the first to say Idaho's system was a a debacle for non-residents, and I don't have to deal with that, but I still (laughs) felt pain for the poor people that did. Uh, Yeah. But at least you guys were kind enough to post a an apology letter on your website. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, we're sorry that our system shut down for a couple hours there. You should have drove to Idaho Falls and stood in line. That line kept right on a moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you live back east. 
can't drive yeah. out for the morning to be able to buy your tag? That's, no, yeah. next year I'm driving down to Idaho Falls. I'm going to spend the night at my buddy Bo Beatty's and I'm heading on down to the sporting goods store. Way, yep. I'm going to hand out coffee and donuts. And when that computer line stops, I'm going to be working my way right to the front of the line, get me an elk tag in Idaho. Yep. Well, you'll be uh, you'll be waiting in line with all of the Wyoming residents that oh. shunned us from being able to pick up their shed antlers, but still driving <laughs> over the bay. non-resident elk tags in Idaho. <laughs> is that going to be a sore spot with you, Corey? You know, I just I understand to a degree, but yeah. this th- there comes a point where you're just whining at some point and you don't want just general competition. You want to shut down all competition and shed hunting is one of those things. On May 1st and I could just hang them in trees. You could. Yeah. I mean, I'm not collecting them. Well, from the time I pick it off the ground and hang it in a Well, no, it's, it's not shed hunting that's illegal until May 1st. It is access to the national forest. What are you talking about? Yeah, you uh, you can't go back on the national forest behind the refuge until May first. They got a spring bear season there. How's that? Possible? They can't go spring bear hunting there. Evidently not there. I guess. Mm. Well, we better we better have our assistant look that up, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got I him or her, her on it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah my wife will often say your assistant should take care of that i'm like yeah her name is google or his name is google (laughs) (laughs) let's let's move on to colorado yeah what do you think i'm I'm looking up here i'm looking up for google so you talk about colorado here and i'm gonna keep browsing well that's april 4th Colorado has the true preference point system. In other words, he or she with the most points gets the tag. And that's, I think the deadline is April 4th for all species. But since this is the Elk Talk podcast, we're worried about elk here. So uh, you do got to pay for a $94, I think they call it minimum base license or something like that, which turns out to be a small game license. Um, so there's a few changes to Colorado this year, but not anything real big, but they have focus groups right now that have been meeting to decide if they should get rid of over the counter tags. Yeah, and we know what happens with focus groups, right? Well, focus groups start talking about something. They talk about it enough. It starts happening it becomes law somehow so folks for for over a year now i've been warning you that someday colorado's going to change your stuff so if you're sitting on a big gunny sack full of points do what Corey did last year burn them thar points yeah yep and people are going to say well you're just telling us that so that we'll burn our points and that gives you better odds next year yeah <laughs> I mean, they did that in Wyoming, right? They accused you of of fear mongering and all of that to mm-hmm. get people to apply to help you. And yeah, yep. Well, considering the fact that twenty seven years worth of non resident applicants are in the Wyoming system, and I burned all my points last year, I got a pretty long wait when they all decide to go and and burn their points. So uh, 
anyone who says that I did that thinking it would clear the deck and I'd be able to jump in the next year hasn't looked at the math. But what's your Google telling you there, Corey? Well, I was mistaken. So it's a shed antler collection is uh, prohibited until May 1st at 6 a.m. in Wyoming. So I'd always Hmm. thought the National Forest opened up behind the refuge there on May 1st, but um, okay, so it's just gosh, shed antler hunting in general. Yeah, because it says uh, shed antlers will be able to take the field on May 1st, 6 a.m. Um, reminded if they find antlers or horns still attached to the skull, they have to hmm. contact Wyoming Fishing Game. Um, the reason behind the law is we treat blah, blah, blah. And then the shed antler collection regulation, which was amended by the Wyoming Game and Fish in November 2020, requires that Antler collection on public land began at 6 a.m. on May 1st. So, hmm. accordingly, Wyoming Game and Fish Department wildlife habitat management areas in the Jackson and Pinedale regions also open at 6 a.m. on May 1st. Uh, yeah. Same with on but, public land on state lands. So, the new law says whatever that is for residents... It's delayed seven days seven for days, And it's not, I don't think it's passed yet. And the date that was included in the bill, it would go into effect in July of this year if it passes. So Okay, so this year you get a affect. mulligan. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, but then it also says the Jackson Ranger District of the Bridger Teton National Forest has issued a temporary special order that allows access to critical winter range at 6 a.m. on May 1st as well. This aligns the opening time with access through the National Elk Refuge and the Wyoming Game and Fish Antler Collection Regulation. So that makes me think that there's a, a closure on the Bridger Teton National Forest completely. Because I know that nobody's supposed hmm. to be in there before May 1st, like not doing yeah. anything. So must just sure be in that everybody area. follows that law when the antlers are worth what? 20 bucks a yeah. pound or something? Yeah, no Is kidding. that what they're worth? I think uh, I think we got 18 or something last year. I haven't heard what they're going for this year. Man. Huh. Well, so. they told me I can't lift more than five pounds with my bum with hand. With one hand. hand. You've got a good hand, though, still. Yeah, but you can, yeah, I, you can carry a whole you know bundle underneath and, that arm. You know about me and antler collecting, uh, right? I <laughs> Well, the collection of shed antlers as defined by Wyoming is to search for, locate, stockpile, or possess shed antlers. So, mm. yeah. Well, I think you're going to have to take that one up on behalf of the listeners, Corey. I, I know. I don't know anything you, about you don't it. Have a, you don't have a dog in that fight. You hang them in trees oh. and <laughs> let the squirrels chew them. Yep. So, Colorado. I don't have any great tidbits of advice for Colorado other than if you're sitting on points and Colorado changes the law and doesn't allow all these non-residents to come and hunt over-the-counter units like is being discussed, there's going to be way more people burning points because that will be their way to go hunting. Yep. And so your points are going to be worth a lot less when all of a sudden everybody jumps in. So, yeah, more of the story. Don't be a point collector. Or if you <laughs> Not want in to, color that's fine. But <clears throat> go ahead if you want, because I'm burning my points there next year. I'd burn them this year, but I'm 
already obligated for the season I want to do. I got enough points, but oh well. and you don't have very many points. You don't let them. You don't let them collect mm-hmm. very much moss. Oh no, I'm. I just wish that states like Arizona and Nevada would take my sheep points. Yeah. Every year, I try to get them to take my sheep points. I can't get Montana only, to take my sheep points. It would only help the other people behind you. Yeah, just get the bird out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to do it for their sake. <laughs> give all the people behind me a better chance. Just give me my tag and get me out of the way here. Yeah, I'm sure anyone driving down the road and listening to that one <laughs> just about hit the ditch, probably. <laughs> uh, as some guy commented on my, uh, I don't remember if it's Instagram or Facebook post from a couple of days ago, anyone with half a brain, that was his, uh, that oh, was yeah. his lead in. Yeah. Huh. Well, so anyone with I, half a brain would, would see right through your reasoning there, Randy. Hmm. Wow, that's a heck of a deal. Because <laughs> I don't have a half a brain. Well, that was my his, his, his comment was pretty negative towards uh towards me and Elk 101 in general. And oh, you know, bummer. he said anyone with half a brain can see through that. And I said, Well, fortunately, most of the people who follow us have a full brain and we don't rely <laughs> on those of you that only have half a one. So uh, <clears throat> hmm. Well, did you see the one guy who sent us the the email about I'm an out of shape 51-year-old? I did. I did see And that's that. the biggest reason I've not yet been successful. I can shoot, yep. I can call, and I can spot them through my binos, but I can't get to them. My arms yeah. are just too long. <laughs> At the dinner too table. Too long or not long <laughs> enough to push me away from the table. Uh, <laughs> So, <clears throat> hey, Al. Uh, you know, I think he didn't that's, really have a question. No, he didn't. But he he was just saying thanks for sharing your knowledge and um, giving him the motivation to uh, to work out to become yeah. successful. And I think I that that does. is something. Yeah, and that's something you know I talk about quite a bit. That you've got to be proficient with your weapon. You've got to understand elk. You know, you've got there's you've got to be a good caller if you're hunting during the rut. All these things, and being in shape is important as well. And if any one of those pillars is weak, it can cost you. I mean, it can absolutely keep you from success. And it doesn't mean you have to be stellar at all four of those areas, but you need to pay attention to all four of those areas because if one of them becomes a weak link, that weak link can break the whole chain and keep you from success. And so it's uh, yeah. it's awesome to see that he recognizes that and is going to change that. Yeah. yeah. And I hope he does. I hope he uses that as a kind of life-changing motivation because uh, as we all find as we get older – you know, the weight's harder to lose, the aches, the pains, the everything are going the wrong direction. It truly is sliding down the slope. <laughs> <laughs> You've made it to the top, and now you are a snowball picking up speed. You really are over the hill at some point in time. I don't know when that is, <clears throat> but I'm there. I just don't know how far it is to the bottom of the hill. How much more the uh, incline or the decline now uh yeah. decreases or increases exponentially yeah 
Because you don't but, get on uh, a plateau and just get a cruise. It's uh, <laughs> So I'm going to ask a question, Corey. I have this Idaho elk tag archery, all public land. Should I go the first week? What's your other option? I can go the rest archery season, but my then calendar no, looks best for the first week. Your calendar or the calendar? My calendar. Okay. Well, I got to take uh, a sweepstakes winner to Kentucky when I really wanted to go in the middle of September, but duty calls. Yeah. So, so. I, uh, I'm not a fan of the first week. Donnie and I hunted really? the first week last season and mm. wasn't fun. I mean, I'm not going to. What about the second week? Well, second week is better than the first week from uh, the standpoint of you're going to be less likely to have as much heat, you know, mm-hmm. every day that you're going into the season, your, your chances of weather cooling off increase. Um, mm. Every day that you're going into the season, your chances of the rut picking up increase. So it definitely gets better um, as you go in there. The other thing that we're looking at this year is the new moon, which is when there is no moon at all, hits right in the middle of the month, so like the 14th or the 15th. So that first mm-hmm. week is the 3rd through the 9th, and you're going to have a pretty bright moon the beginning of that week. Uh, it's definitely tapering off quickly that week, but you've got more chances of heat. You've got more moon. You're farther away from the fall equinox, farther away from the peak of the rut. So if you could go the week of the 10th through the 16th, uh, I think that's going to be a stellar week. Hmm. Dang. I just yeah. made my cabin reservation. The 5th <laughs> through the 11th. <laughs> Well, 5th through 11th isn't terrible. The 6th the is when you have the uh, half moon. So you'll be mm. dealing with a descending, waning moon from the 6th on. Um, but yeah, if you, could, uh, if you could bump that five more days, I think it would even make that much more of a difference. Okay. <clears throat> I'll think about that. Yeah. Hopefully my physical therapist can get me above your minimum draw weight and... It's only 40 pounds here. You're good. You could probably do that right now. Oh, no. He said five. (laughs) Yeah, but that's just him being overcautious. I bet you could do it. (laughs) I'll walk in there next week. Hey, Doc, uh, can you repair this again? Corey told me you were just trying to. He said they always use these great big margins of errors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I might shuffle that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm just trying to put together a sane calendar where I'm not traveling as much. Yeah. But I showed the draft calendar to my wife. She just <laughs> folded her arms and said, hmm, walked away. Yeah. Which so was better than to- last year. Last year she said, Really? And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> this year she folded her arms and walked away and came back into a blank check sitting on the counter. Yeah. Hey, you aren't going to believe a question that was asked at the seminar at the Sika Depot. A guy's sitting there with his wife next Uh-oh. to her. Yeah. And he raises his hand and he says, how 
can I convince my wife to let me hunt more? So there's just I'm some thinking. questions you don't ask in front of your wife. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to tell him. <clears throat> and uh, I looked at his wife, who, from what I gathered, she hunted. I'm like, well, why don't you guys hunt more? But <laughs> they hung around for the whole event, so I must not. Yeah. I gave a whole bunch more, many other answers. So were they uh, still sitting next to each other? <laughs> they were. And That's she won. Good. What did she win? She won something. I think she won an outdoor class subscription, or <laughs> no, she might have won some Sitka gear or something. Yeah, she was a big one, one of the bigger winners. Huh. And uh, maybe that put a little salve over the wound but i was yeah. thinking, boy, I hope you don't got to drive far to get home pal well that's just there might be a reason you aren't getting to hunt as much in september if you're willing to ask <laughs> questions like that in front of your wife in public you probably aren't very cautious about what you say at home <laughs> well never <laughs> That thought kind of did enter my mind, but he seemed really <laughs> honest, really sincere. Like, he, he, yeah. I asked him, how long you've been married? He said, three years. Ooh. I said, there's kind of the inflection yeah. point. When I got to about my third year, I decided I was way more interested in peace than I was justice. Yep. And that smoothed out the bumps in the road. I got to hunt a lot more. And I told him this whole story. I said, after the third year, if you don't come to your senses about who's the boss, usually you only have about three more years left, and you're going to get to do all the hunting you want. (laughs) (laughs) It might be lonely, but you'll be doing all the hunting you want. All the free time you can dream of. Uh Yeah. But we do get that question a lot. We do. Uh, how, can how I do hunt we as much as that? you guys? Yeah, and uh, uh, it is a balance. Yeah, no, and it it <clears> really yeah. And I just look back at when my kids were little. My wife, the last thing that she wanted to do was sit at home for twenty four hours a day with no relief. Yeah. While I'm out playing and and vacationing in the woods, yeah. that's uh, that makes it tough. But if you put in your time and sacrifice then and help her out she remembers that and yeah. the uh the paybacks are tenfold and yeah. that's you know you've got to put in your time you've got to make the sacrifices and you can't expect that when you have three little infants at home that you can leave your wife as a single mom for a week and go out there and come back and expect everything to be just fine yeah <clears throat> the great part was how many women were there who hunted yeah I'm like, man, you guys got it made. You got a built-in <laughs> yeah. hunting partner here. Yeah. You know, right over there. That's the sickest women lineup. If I was you, I'd be over there buying some of that stuff. <laughs> For your wife. I mean, your hunting partner. <laughs> yeah. If if you go to the women's lineup and you buy it for yourself, you got some <laughs> issues, man. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're buying it off the women's rack at Seca, Buy it for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's the women there who are going to the men's rack and buying it for their husband. Well, that could be. Yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah, it, 
the fun part about doing all these seminars and traveling and being in front of that many people is you really get a lot of feel for the questions that people have. Um, I was surprised it wasn't until the very end of the seminar that the issue of corner crossing came up Mm. when I've done four in the Seattle area, four in the Portland area. That was like question number two or three. Really? Yeah. So I guess we'll find out how that's going to shake out. Uh, the case, the, the Wyoming case where they, they beat the criminal trespass charges. Uh, then they got sued for seven and a half million. Uh, the four hunters from Missouri, that case is going to be heard this summer in federal district court. So till then kind of on a hold pattern. Yeah. Uh, if you want a lot of details, uh, my other podcast, Hunt Talk Radio, I've done three podcasts with attorneys on the legal issues related to corner crossing. How <laughs> uh, yeah. stupid am I? A, I'm letting. I was going to say, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it, one attorney's meter spins fast enough. You get two of them? And like, holy cow. <laughs> there goes payroll for next month. <laughs> uh, so the attorneys uh, charge you to be on your podcast. You have to hire an attorney to come and state the yeah. legality of it. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And then I got to pay for the, like, pre-podcast meetings and all their research and everything else. Wow. I don't even want to tell you what I've spent on attorney fees in those three podcasts. Man, and they aren't even yeah. there to represent you or defend you. They're just no. there to they're provide anyway, they're a They're probably going to get me in trouble. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do put a lot of value on having the best possible information when some of these contentious issues come up. I know what I want for an outcome. I mean, we all, right? We all want the hunters to win. But I also need to know what's the law. What is, how does this play out? How are these these laws the way they are? Why are they the way they are? And uh, what are the legal issues or doctrines that come into play? So it's, it has been a big education experience for me. It's more than I paid for my accounting degree. (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) but that was a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) wow that's very generous of you to to foot the bill for that so we can all learn well it's i i think if we're gonna have good answers with this and this is what the attorneys are projecting is if the hunters win, I ask the attorneys, you know, what are the possibilities of the the groups who don't want to lose on this, right? They want to keep the public off the checkerboard and the, and the public land. Uh, because I, I worry that we're going to see another huge attack on public land if the hunters yeah. win and the, that guy from North Carolina loses. And they said, yeah, you should expect that. Um, and they gave some of their legal doctrines of what would be some backdoor ways of, of people trying to, to win in, a, in legislative or other ways yeah. uh, to do it. So 
the, so who is even who if is the case them is decided, s- there's going to be a lot more there to it. What was that? Who's who's suing them for seven and a half million? Uh, the guy who is owns the, land the Elk Mountain Ranch. Yeah, so it's a yeah, landowner. landowner, non-resident landowner from North Carolina. <laughs> because when they got their stepladder and they climbed over the corner, so that they wouldn't touch his land, they used a stepladder. Yeah. He's claiming that uh, that damaged his property to the tune of seven and a half million. Interesting. Yeah. Man. See, that's the whole problem with our whole legal system is all the frivolous nonsense that yeah. they have to deal with. Yep. And somebody really, truly thinks that they were damaged to the tune of seven and a half million dollars from a stepladder, not touching their property and allowing four individuals to float through the air on from public land to public land. Yeah. You can be you can be disappointed with it, you can disagree with it. But to bring a lawsuit and charge, you know, all the expenses to taxpayers and to individuals that are involved in that and everything, that's just, yeah. it's crazy. That would be a whole other podcast, Corey. That would. That would. <laughs> the nonsense of using the legal system to get your way. Uh, yeah. Well, you know the problem with attorneys. 99% of them give the other 1% a bad name. <laughs> uh, now we're going to get all kinds of emails from attorneys. Sorry. <laughs> Little insider joke here. Attorneys love to make fun of accountants, and accountants love to make fun of attorneys. It's all in good humor. Who do engineers make fun of, Corey? I'm not sure. Probably just ourselves. Oh. easy targets (laughs) well what else we got on our list man i think that uh no i was gonna say i think we've knocked out uh you know with new mexico and then montana and then colorado you've been warned you've got three deadlines coming up within a couple weeks of each other there or within yeah inside a couple weeks hey you know what i saw the other day I do not. I saw a content calendar or a, a production calendar for outdoor class. Oh, did you? And I, on that calendar, I saw Corey Jacobson, cow really? elk. Cow elk? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about is that cow for elk. real or somebody just making that uh, up? They must be making that up. I, I, uh, I, I have some chapters on cow elk hunting in the University of Elk Hunting, but. They're okay. pretty basic. I've never actually shot a cow elk. I've hunted them. You know, I've called them in. I've been around them, all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would I would probably need some help putting together a complete cow elk module. Well, I wouldn't be your guy. Really? I'll try. I can give you all my nerded <laughs> out research about food. I was going to say, that's uh, everything, but. Well, that's ninety percent of what, it, right there. If if you need somebody to backfill with just like nerdy stuff, that's what accountants excel at. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to create. You know, the the nerdy stuff is supposed to create the format and the outline, and then we just backfill with my fluff. Okay. However, I, as long as I can stick to the nerdy stuff. No, I think you know, I uh, I'm my, actually I got my pocket protector for my pans right here and my green <laughs> eye shade. And, you know. Did you say green eye shade? 
Yeah, a green visor, you know. Accountants call them an eye shade because you oh. don't want the lamps to get in your eyes when you're doing gotcha. all your spreadsheet stuff, you know. Gotcha. We used to do it on 16-column green paper. And then along came Lotus 1, 2, 3 and Quattro Pro and Excel. <laughs> and now we don't have green 16-column paper to do our, you know, calculations. Hmm. Can you imagine yeah. with guy with a broken flipper like I, I got trying say. to run my calculator right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I uh, I think what I'm actually slated for is a a new module on elk behavior oh, specific okay. to the rut, and then there was a there was a sidebar of maybe doing something related to hunting cow elk as well. So okay. Well, I'm not going to help you with elk behavior. Well, you could just maybe not during the rut. But your your All knowledge right. of elk behavior in the post rut that would be worth uh, be worth getting eyes on. Well, you you tell me where you need help, and uh, you don't need help. Tell uh, tell me where you want some sidebar filler and some entertainment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some we can BS. do that. Well, I'll no, and that's just part BS of button. part of my looking is you know most states give out more antlerless tags than antler mm-hmm. tags. So, yep. you know, there's a lot of people we we kind of focus mm-hmm. on teaching people how to hunt bulls. You know, especially when it comes to calling and everything. But we're leaving out half of the public land over the counter elk hunters and you know hunters in in all these states that get antlerless tags so i think there's yep. some value there for sure and like you've always talked it's finding the elks 90 percent of the battle and if you want to find the elk you got to find the feed so i will definitely yeah. leverage some help from you on on connecting those dots and then i'll share some tactics and things that i've learned over the years but it really all comes down to finding elk which comes down to feed yeah Listen to this text I got today about cow elk hunting. Honestly, I enjoy hunting cow elk more than just about anything. (laughs) Not totally easy. You have to be halfway smart to find them and to get close. The weather can be challenging. It's everything that bull elk hunting is, but you don't have dust collecting on a set of antlers in the rafter. And I can do it every single year. That's like, I mean, it's it's too long for a bumper sticker or a T-shirt, but, you know, when you want to talk about the value of cow elk hunting, and he's, he's checking a lot of boxes, right? All the meat, a lot of fawn. You learn a lot about elk. You can get a tag every year. And in his case, he says, I don't have dust collecting out of set of antlers in the rafters. That's, I mean, got good points. Yeah. I mean, who can argue with that logic? <laughs> uh, no, and we, you know, we've talked before, we get questions from people saying, hey, should we apply for cow tags at the same time we're applying for bull tags so that those of us who don't draw bull tags at least have a cow tag? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yeah. always yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, did I tell you that my wife canceled their cow elk hunt in Wyoming this year? Uh, I think you did. Oh, I don't okay. remember the reason, but yeah, I think you did say well, she had we, a tag. Well, we were scheduled. She drew a general elk tag down there, and uh, she's like, uh, I'm going to wait. 
I'll just go down and shoot a cow. Okay. Well, we had this window of time just before Christmas and it got 38 below zero. He said, you know, I'm not sure I need an elk that bad. I'm like, but honey, you spent money on this tag. <laughs> he just looked at me like, you want me to tell you all the things you spent money on? Yeah. All the tags you didn't fill? She said, I I'll, uh, I'll back to doing what I was doing. I'll take a rain check for our time together and spend it in a boat in May or June when the weather's a little nicer. There you go. I bet that's what she or, was thinking. Or for your anniversary, you take her to the Oregon coast, like I did a few weeks ago. Yeah. And end up in the ER with uh, yeah. pizza poisoning and <laughs> surgery. And yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I think uh, it was just a day or two after you had separated ways with her and you went up to the show, wasn't it? And she, yeah. she wasn't yeah. wasn't there with you. but Yeah, she went back to Eugene to be with yeah. her her sister and her mom and she can't leave me alone anywhere i'm <laughs> there's a reason i have a camera crew with me all the time i'm a danger to myself and anybody within at least 20 feet of me so, uh, so hey how elk hunting yeah uh, i'm i'm thinking i might specifically go after a cow elk this year really in some place if, if there's some place i'm confident that the numbers can sustain it and it's not just a game agency selling cow tags because that's what yeah. they did 20 years ago. So that's what they did two years ago. Yeah. I mean, if I thought it was a place where it would be part of the solution towards conservation and population management, yeah, I'd, I'd think long and hard about it. Yeah. So, hmm. well, when you get those outlines done, let me know. I will. I will. Yeah. I think uh, last I saw, we were scheduled for May or June, so it's coming oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Hoping to have them oh. all done and ready before elk season. Well, yeah. We, yeah, I'm, I'm not – if you're going to start filming them in September, I'm not going to be around. <laughs> uh, hey, come on. It sounds like you've got the – sounds like you have the first week of September free now. I just changed your hunting plans for you. No, so. grouse season opens September 1st. Oh, scratch that that's scratch why i can't that. go until the fifth i gotcha <clears throat> so did you see the uh email we got from the guy who drew the same tag you had up in alaska <laughs> i did <laughs> i did are you gonna try to scare him off or i he, he said know we're going. he know he's you been can't talk of, talk, you're not talking <laughs> us out of it we're going <laughs> mind is made up yeah yeah there's, there's only so much i can do to try to warn people and <laughs> after that you get what's coming to you oh, well maybe they'll go up there and they'll shoot two of them yeah no it sounds like they uh they know they're yeah they know they're they know what they're in for the one yeah, lives up there they're lived up there yep. yeah yeah they're, these aren't so. greenhorns going in there i hope they shoot two of them yep I hope, I hope none of them have one. a kidney I would stone. Never, I would never wish on anybody to shoot two of them. <laughs> one, one's good. Have two tags and fill one of them and call it a success. So this is you're saying that Alaska elk, where you went, is one of the few things in life where one is good enough, two is the downhill side of good. It, you, yeah. you, you, one gets you to the pinnacle 
two would take you down the other side into the abyss. Two would have ruined our hunt. (laughs) (laughs) One just about ruined it. It was on the brink. Two would have pushed us over the edge. Uh, Well, I I wish him all the luck. I didn't even respond to that email. I'm like, I'm going to. He He had a couple specific questions that I can help him out with. So I was going to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's all we got for today, I guess, are are you you done with basketball? We are done. Yep. State championships were uh, this past weekend. and, And did you win? We didn't even make it to state this year. Oh, bummer. Yeah, huh. we uh, we had a very direct path to get there that was just one game, and we lost that game, and so then we had the long path to get there and had to fight all the way through the consolation bracket, which we did, and then we played in the play-in game and ended up losing to the team that got third at state this year. So, Oh, bummer. Didn't get to go, but next, next year. year. Next yeah. year. The yeah. next two years. I'll predict the next two years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You got a good team coming up? We do. We had a decent team this year, but it was kind of a rebuilding year a little bit and not a lot of uh, experience in big games like that. And it showed, you know, they played really, really well all season, but they got in some of those really intense games and the lack of experience in those situations showed. But we're bringing most of them back next year. And so they'll have that experience and be a year better. Yeah. We'll be be good for a couple of years. Good. You got an update on your wolf trapping yet? Ah, those buggers. I went down there. <laughs> yes. Let, let me, I've got an update for sure. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I, I've got the traps out and I'm not, I mean, I'm taking it seriously for sure, but it's given me an excuse to get out a little more and, and keep tabs on the wolves. So I'm not necessarily hoping to be successful in trapping, but I'm hoping that the time I'm spending out there will lend itself to success in hunting them. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so close so many times. Had them howling more this winter than ever before. Uh, mm-hmm. Had them howling a week ago and was moving in on it. And uh, a snowmobile came down the mountain. And, of course, oh, when a wolf hears a snowmobile, they quit howling. So yeah. that was kind of a bummer. And uh, that day, all three of the packs that I've been tracking this winter were on the move. And so I had fresh snow and could see where they were going. But I just, by the time that happened, I left there and went to the other pack and just couldn't catch up to them. Um, But with that being said, I did find a pinch point where one of the packs has been continually crossing. And Mm -hmm. so I set some traps and some snares in there and that's probably my best, the, the most hopeful and uh, promising area that I've set traps yet this year. Yeah. Have you uh, arrived at the conclusion I have that my trapping has made me a way better student of animals, uh, oh. which makes me a better hunter? Absolutely. Yeah, you just, you have to know behavior. Like you have to know what those animals are thinking and you have to think like them to, if you want to outsmart a wolf or a coyote or something, I mean, it's, it's not just a matter of go driving around and see one out in a field and shoot it. You want to get them to step in an exact spot. You have to know why they're going to step there, why they're going to be traveling there in the first place. And yeah, I, I am so novice when it comes to trapping 
And then you put in there an, an animal like a wolf that is, in my opinion, the smartest animal I've ever hunted. And yep. uh, it's a it's a chess match. Now, it really is. My wife said the other day, she said, are you enjoying it? And I'm like, it is like trying to solve a mystery. Like it is, there are so many moving pieces and trying to analyze everything that's going on and trying to, you have to get ahead of them. You have to think ahead of them. And it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Well, I've always said that whatever skill I may have accumulated as a hunter, a big part of that was built in my years trapping. Yep. But, well, I look forward to the next update when you got one. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's been nothing, nothing uh, noteworthy to report yet. So, yeah. This is a hard I, time to do it, though, because the is. snow is starting to melt. And uh, so you're getting wet ground and crusty snow. Yep. Both of which freeze at night, and these big-footed wolves, they just move right across that stuff. Yep. Or your trap freezes into that wet ground or that crusty snow. Yep. No, that's absolutely – in fact, you know, I, I have three foothold traps in dry ground right now. And mm -hmm. the dry ground is just as bad as snow, you know, because it yep. you get that melt during the day and the water soaks down into the dry ground and then it freezes at night. And I had one of the traps the other day. I went to freshen them up and I couldn't get it to go off poking a stick on it because the ground, the yeah. dirt layer on top of it was so frozen. Froze. Yep. So I had to, you know, trip it, reset it, refilter some dirt <laughs> over the top of it and try to keep it so it didn't get as wet. But Yeah. Well... Gives you something to do. It does. Keeps my mind no, active. Basketball's over. Yeah. I mean, there's no Got snow to shovel, right? No. Well, we did get six or eight inches. I had to plow yesterday, and I'm plowing again tonight, it looks like. So. Really? Yeah. You know, my wife has gotten really good at snow blowing since I messed up my arm. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that's going to cost me, Corey, but I'm going to pay. <laughs> I don't know what it'll cost you, but I know what it may gain you. She may just take over snow blowing permanently. She'd be like, I'm doing a way better job than Randy ever did here, so I'm just going to do this yeah. from now on. So here's another bad thing that happened over the weekend. Friday afternoon, I'm at work. Somebody sends flowers to the house. And my wife is like, oh, what a beautiful arrangement of flowers. And she opens the card. It's like, Randy, sorry to hear about your injury. Hope oh, no. Well. <laughs> I came home and I could just tell. You know how sometimes you walk in the door and you're like, something happened here. The tone, the quietness, the look is like, what did I do? Well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Other than it didn't say, Kim, thanks for taking care of Randy. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It wasn't until probably Saturday at dinner where the, the ice thawed a little bit. <laughs> you did go and get her a bouquet of flowers, though, right? Randy, tell me. Tell me you did. I'm sorry, Corey. I can't believe I didn't think about that. Wow. She did keep hinting, and I was over-medicated and didn't. Now wow. I'm getting flowers on the way home. There you go. Good idea. Yep. When I you leave get, this afternoon, I'm going to go buy the biggest bouquet. Of, uh, the florist will probably run out of inventory by the time I walk out of there. <laughs> See, that's the problem with giving marital advice, Randy. We're, we're all human. And you give it True. and then look at it. I mean, something as simple as that slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I know. Can I blame it on the meds? Yep. 
definitely. Okay. <laughs> you gotta you All come right. up with something solid here. <laughs> <laughs> you have between now and when you get home tonight to think up of something really solid and medication gonna, is definitely in there. I'm gonna do that. So when she says, when I come in tonight, she's gonna say, What made you decide to do this? Yep. I'm gonna say, Well, Corey pointed out to me that being over-medicated really wasn't a good excuse for not getting new flowers. No, don't bring me into the conversation. (laughs) That's that's a bad idea. Tell her that your mind mind finally has escaped the cloudiness that was caused by the medication, and you thought, why did I not get her flowers last week? All right. I'll just fess up. I was was stupid, Donnie. This was one of the dumber things I've done in our 34 years of marriage. There you go. Because my elk hunting future could be hanging in the balance. In fact, you see this? I'm writing a sticky note. There you go. Flower. Your elk hunting future is continually hanging in the balance. Oh, no doubt about that. There's a lot of things hanging in the balance based on my (laughs) bad skills and inferiorities and low. (laughs) You know, if there's one good thing I have built the the grounds for low expectations so that's true yeah i exceed those quite regularly and it's not because i'm that good it's just that the expectation is so (laughs) low that you could almost trip over that one (laughs) do you have a heartbeat yep Uh, i guess guess he beat the expectations this time yeah hey uh, we keep saying we're done and then we go down another rabbit hole about wolf trapping or flowers or whatever It's always good stuff to talk about, but we should probably let these good people go for yeah. another episode, and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. circle back around. But here if you're shortly. listening, folks, don't forget the deadline: Montana, April Fool's Day; New Mexico, March 22nd; Colorado, April 4th. April 4th. And yep. if you want way more detail, go out to. Uh, go hunt check out their strategy articles brady and trail and those guys will have amazing strategy articles and if you sign up use promo code elk talk and they'll give you 50 bucks in their gear shop right yep free gear 50 dollars free spend mad money yep no one gave me 50 bucks today oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. The PT group said, can we see your credit card? They didn't ask. Like, just like the hospital, they didn't ask for my insurance card. Uh, need to see your credit, your credit card. card. Yeah. yeah. Pretty soon we're going to have to fill out credit reports just to go to the doctor. Yeah. Physical uh, therapists probably used a little bit of trickery on you. Hey, let's see your, how good your fingers are working. Can you, can you slide yeah. your credit card out of your wallet with those two fingers you just had surgery on? And They did. Hold it yeah. up. Let me see how high you can hold your arm. Oh, yeah. here, we'll take that from you. Yeah. 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 What's your balance on this credit card? We'll take the rest of it. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I, you know, credit card companies always get a bad rap, but I, uh, mine calls me almost daily to let me know that my balance is outstanding. <laughs> Coming out of the PT shop, I look over and my stockbroker buddy is in there getting work done. I'm like, Brian, what the hell are you doing in here? He's like, oh, I hyperextended my knee. I thought, well, he'd been out skiing or something. No, he went out to get firewood or something. He said, hey, walking down the sidewalk behind the house. I'm like, you have three teenagers. What the heck are you getting firewood for? 
That's when it so happened. He and then he saw my flipper here. He's like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to you?" I said, "Oh, it's fighting off a grizzly bear." What? <laughs> like, no, got food poisoning. And, it, uh, and he didn't believe me. And then I showed him that big jaws, like that big shark scar on my arm. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. yeah, I'm lucky. The people who have to live with me probably aren't that lucky, but I'm lucky. So. <laughs> See, so, but you were I, you were worried about losing your street cred, right? But when somebody is there and they hyperextend their knee, getting firewood, so, I mean, at least lame. you have a story that's unbelievable. There's like, oh, yeah, that's too I bad. Was it icy? Yeah, well, that's that's a bummer. Yeah, you know, you've yeah, got I mean, a story Brian, that's going to draw a crowd. Yeah, I hate to to rat him out here, but Brian, you got to come up with something better than that, man. <laughs> I mean, you got three teenagers and you blow your knee out going he to get running. Or, he was running from the grizzly bear that attacked you. Uh, there you go. I'm sure See? he, now that I've called him out, he's probably going to come up with some other thing. You know, I, well, I was in the Olympic training run and, you know, the slalom, <laughs> they, they made too sharp of a corner or something. Yep. But, oh, well. Let's let him go. I got way more rabbit Let's hole, but we go. got to let him go, Corey. Okay. You have well, a great day. You too. I guarantee you. You know You don't know what my grandma used to say? She was 102. Uh, she said, I've never had a bad day in my life, and I'm not going to start a habit like that at this age. So <laughs> I've never had a bad day in my life. By. There you go. Take that to the bank, folks.